What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 119 of the Adult Education Podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Cindy Spiegel. Thanks so much for checking out my show. Uh, If this is your first time joining the Adult Education Podcast, I sincerely hope that you like what you hear and that you stick with us. I would really appreciate it if you would take a second to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're using. Also, feel free to share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to inspire some new people to check out adult education. I'd love to have some new people joining us. It's easy for all of us to get wrapped up in our daily lives, right? So much so that we forget to stop and look around. Isn't there that old phrase, we need to stop and smell the roses? I mean, it's true. There's just so much around us that we miss because we've got our heads down and we're just pushing forward. Cindy Spiegel is here to help us have an awakening of sorts. Since the start of the pandemic, Cindy has had a lot happen to her and her family. She's been hit with the kinds of things left and right that would easily knock anyone down on their ass, but she had to find a way to keep it together, and that's how her latest book was born. The book is called Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life is Not Okay. So what's a micro joy? Quite simply, it's the little things. Finding an old family recipe, watching a child chase bubbles around a backyard, a friend's kindness at the right time. These are the things that help us get through the day, but maybe we don't even realize it. Cindy's book wants to inspire us to keep our eyes open and to allow ourselves to enjoy these moments every single day. And I want to be clear, finding micro joys is different from the sort of toxic positivity, if you will, that we see all the time. You know, the people that always post things like good vibes only. Micro joys are different from that. It's okay to acknowledge the tough moments in life. Shit happens, right? But the important thing is finding the light shining through the clouds on those dark days in order to stay sane. I really enjoyed this conversation. Cindy brought a great light and energy to our chat, and I think we uncovered a lot of great stuff here. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Cindy Spiegel. Hello. Hey, there she is. How are you? I'm good. I apologize. Oh, please. No worries at all. I know how crazy and wild these days can be for someone like you. So I, I get it. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. It, it is. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was the last interview of the day and they were calling me from the UK. So it was like super late oh. in the evening for them. And he started out the conversation that way. And I was like, this is only going to go worse. Like if that's how you're starting it out, like we're oh. already. Enjoy- <laughs> but thankfully he brought he brought the energy for the final interview and then was ready to pour a drink at the very end. So. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And as I said, this is a great problem to have, you know. I'm so curious because I saw you were on the Today Show the other day, and I've always been so fascinated by what that would be like to be a guest uh, on that show. <laughs> I love that you saw that, by the way. You know what? It was so fast, and the background is not very nice at all. It's only nice on the set, <laughs> but it was it was such a cool opportunity. It really wasn't on Instagram. I'm actually sharing background because I'm like, you'll need to see what really goes on back here. But like, how cool is that? You know, what an opportunity to be on the Today Show right at 30 Rock. Yeah, it I mean, was it was cool. No matter how fast it is, you still got to be on the Today Show talking about oh, your book yeah. and your work. Right. Like, how magical is that with Al Roker? I was like, <laughs> is that Al in real life? No, it was it was really cool. And, you know, what was really beautiful was that I was able to bring my brother with me. Mm. Um, So my brother, who I talk a lot about in this in this book, it was his son that passed away. Mm. Um, It was very cool to have him there with me and to sort of move through this with me. So it was a great opportunity. 
since you kind of just mentioned that, I guess we can dive into this here. And I, I know a bit of your story because I watched that interview. I've also read your book or, or most of your book, not all of it yet, but most of it. Um, I know a bit of your story and I told myself that I wasn't going to make you go down this road because I, I mean, I guess just to make it clear, you went through some shit in 2020. Like yes. there's a lot that happened to you. We, that's it. And we can leave it at that. Honestly, like I did, I went through some shit. 2020 was a really, really hard year, not mm. just collectively in the midst of a global pandemic, but also quite personally as well. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it felt like reading your story and learning more about you. It just felt like to not to use the word again, but shit rolls downhill and you were at the mm. bottom of that hill and it just kept mm. coming for you. And I, Preach, I, Jeff. <laughs> I, I felt such, uh, I guess is it, I always get sympathy and empathy mixed up, but whatever, I felt so much for you learning about your story. And I'm so glad that you were able to take that story and transition it into something like this book. Thank you for saying that. You know, I'm I'm mindful when it comes to talking about kind of what led to this place that this is this book is not a silver lining, right? This is not about, well, I made, you know, I made 2020 worthwhile and so now I have this book. You know, and I I say this in the book as well. This is not a book of redemption stories because that's not real life. You know, what is true is that sometimes we can find these moments, these glimmers of hope and what is directly in front of us even in the midst of the most difficult times, which I think we can agree was 2020 for me, not just for me, by the way. Um, you know, there, there are these moments in life where it will really start to feel like everything is piling on. And that's, that's not special to me. I'm not special in that way. This happens to a lot of us. And I hope that folks even hearing that understand that it doesn't mean that you are cursed. It doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you. It just means that this is life and yeah. there's still hope and there is still joy. Let's talk about joy because that's the word that gets brought up a lot. In fact, it's in the title of your book, Micro Joys. Now, yes. there's a, a difference between joy and, say, happiness, but I feel like those words kind of get used, you know, in the same way a lot. But talk about your your explanation. What's the difference between joy and happiness? Yeah, they do often get conflated. And the the easiest way, I think, to, to talk about them is happiness is fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. It is triggered by something external. Retail therapy. I go, I buy the thing, I feel this <laughs> dopamine hit, and I'm happy, right? I get a new car, and I'm happy. I see the person, and I'm happy. It's an external thing. We don't have a lot of... Um, it doesn't come from within, right? It's something that we mm -hmm. can do moment by moment, and it often costs us a lot of money. Not always, but often. <laughs> Joy, on the other hand, is more stable. It is an internal state of being in the world. And micro joys are these easily accessible moments of joy that we can experience despite our current circumstances. So many, many micro joys add up to us being joyful people, which again, that's the internal stuff. That's not fleeting. That's there day in and day out. So there's that saying, money can't buy happiness. And by your definition, it sounds like money can buy happiness. What money cannot buy is joy. That's right. That's right. Money can buy happiness. Exactly. Because it can buy it for a minute. But once that thing goes away, it, your happiness goes with it. Let's step back for just a second again, and I'm, I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm realizing right now that I did not write down the name of your book from 2018, but you published a book in 2018. Can you remind me the name of that? 
Yes, it is a year of positive thinking. Thank you. And you would describe yourself as a very positive person. And again, that was 2018. 2020 rolls around, as we already discussed. It was a very hard, very difficult time for you. And that kind of forced you to shift a little bit of that mindset, or at least to look back at that and go, okay, there's more to just positive thinking in this life. Yeah. You know, A Year of Positive Thinking is a beautiful book in its own right, and it has served the world in in many ways. What I like to say is when I was in the midst of my hardest things, I could positive think my way out of it. Micro choice is not about positive thinking. It's about finding hope. When I was in the midst of going through the most difficult things, all I wanted was a glimmer of hope. There was, there was like this good vibes only mentality that our culture seems to love did not leave space for me to grieve. It didn't leave space for me to cry, for me to be angry, for me to be sad. So much so that I remember feeling like shit, Cindy, you wrote a book called the year of positive thinking, and you can't even find something to be positive about. Mm -hmm. So then I felt guilty on top of everything else. And so really micro joys to me was what I needed when I was in the midst of those times. I needed to know that I would be okay. Not that I would go back to who I was before, but that I would somehow one foot in front of the other, be able to move forward. Very different than a year of positive thinking. You touched on something in there that is one of my biggest pet peeves. And Cindy, we just met, but I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. I don't like the all or nothing mentality about things. And yeah. that's kind of what good vibes is or the toxic positivity. It's just right. it's all or nothing. You either have to be always happy or you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And I I never I don't like I've never liked that. I mean, I there life throws you so many different pitches. Some of them are curveballs, some of them are knuckleballs, whatever it may be, that you can't always be something. Like it, life just changes. That's it, you know, and that was something that was so important to me. And I talk about living in the gray in mm-hmm. in micro joys, which is like, look, joy is not a binary, you know, happiness. It, th- there's no all or nothing here. This is really about understanding that we are going to to experience the spectrum of life's emotions and experiences. And some of them are going to be beautiful and some are going to be fall to your knees and heartbreak. Mm-hmm. All of that is part of life. And I think this idea, this really unfortunate, though well-intentioned idea of of positivity sometimes gets conflated with toxic positivity, you know, where Mm -hmm. there is this all or nothing, but that's not life. That's not realistic. There's another author named Daniel Pink that I spoke with, I guess about a year ago or so. He wrote a book about regrets. He did a big study Mm -hmm. on regrets, a social survey, if you will, and he was basically trying to say like this whole movement of living life with no regrets is a load of crap because you learn so much from your regrets, like trying to live life without regrets. What are you learning from the things that went wrong? What are you learning from your mistakes? That's kind of the purpose of a regret is to say, okay, that's something that I missed out on or that I made a mistake on. And I'm going to move forward knowing that and taking that knowledge to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the way it is with, again, our culture is one that is this binary, right? It's all this or it's not. And we also have to, you know, this idea of living life with no regrets or this idea of like good vibes only. And it's all up from here. It's like, what world do you live in? I know. What world do you live in where that's actually the norm? It's like, we're all trying to, to cheat ourselves or lie our way into believing this. It's like you all, we can, we can still find these beautiful moments, but we also have to acknowledge what is true. And I think that's what's so special about your story to me is acknowledgement. You acknowledge 
the hard things that were going on around you, and you were able to pull out the special things that were also in those same moments. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, because I I wrote I, I wrote micro joys in the midst of all of this. Mm. You know, I had already I had just recently I think gone through radiation. By the time I signed a contract to write this book, like life was happening. I was moving through that while writing these essays. And I often say, I could not write this same book today Mm. because there's too much distance from it. You know, I didn't know what I needed, but in those moments, and I talk about them in the essays within the book, you know, there was this real sense of the sadness of a lot of these experiences, but also what is right in front of me that I can cling to. And I don't often use the word cling, but I think when you are struggling and you are at the bottom of whatever that means for you in your life, sometimes we do need these these things that can save us, that can offer us these moments of hope. And that is what this is about. It's about allowing ourselves to experience joy in one hand and grief in the other at the exact same time. What you just said makes your book so much more powerful to me. And that's that you couldn't write this book again. Like it happened in the moment you were living it. You were writing as you were experiencing it. And having that piece of knowledge in my brain is making the parts of this book that I've already read just feel so much more powerful and so much more special. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. You know, as an optimist, I'm always thinking forward. And I was like, am I going to write a micro joys too? And the truth (laughs) of the matter is, because this is how my brain works. I thought, I don't think I ever could. Yeah. I was in it. Well, going back to acknowledging, I mean, even just that idea, you just acknowledge the fact that you've changed so much. I mean, it was 2023. It's been five years since uh, your book in 2018. And now uh, here we are with a new book. I mean, who's to say what's going to happen to life over the next two years? I mean, I hope you don't come across any more struggles like you already have. But who's to say what's going to happen? (laughs) It's wild. That's it. That's it. Right. And like, can we be open to whatever is next? Can we be open? And That is, again, like what I hope that folks walk away with is this understanding that we are not in control of what is to come. And how do we just sit with what is and accept what is? That doesn't mean that we don't sometimes go kicking and screaming into it. But it means like, how can we sit with it? How can we sit with it and be open enough to see what is in front of us and what is yet to come? You mentioned radiation a second ago, and this is a recorded interview, so I can easily edit this out if it doesn't go anywhere. Sure. But I just want to ask you the question. You do not have to answer it, but how is your health these days? How are you doing? Thank you for asking. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I am doing great. I'm Good. I'm doing really, really well, thankfully. I have a close friend that just went in for a mastectomy. Uh, what day is today? Thursday on Tuesday, so two days ago. Mm. And uh, I've just been thinking about them, and you know, knowing that you have that history as well, it's just I, I just can't even imagine being in that position. So I'm, I'm so glad that you are doing well. I'm glad to hear that. Please gift them this book, and I'm happy to send it to you to gift them. But please gift them this book. You know, I think she would love it. I, she is she is one of those people that I think is a fairly positive person, but she sees the world from all the different directions yeah. that it comes at her. Um, and I, you know, I think this is something that I will share with her. I hadn't really thought about that, so you said it, but I think that's actually a fantastic idea. So I think I'm going to have to uh, bring this down her way when she's feeling a little bit better and <laughs> recovering yes, a little yes. bit more. Oh, I, w- I wish her well. I wish her well. I really, really do. I didn't realize there was a term until reading this book. I didn't realize the term 
micro joys was there, but I feel like I've been experiencing that so much lately. I have a two-year-old and uh, oh. just watching the world through her eyes. I think about it on walks and she wants to be outside and she wants to go for walks all the time, but she's so slow because she wants to stop and look at every flower. And, little legs. Yeah, pick, and little <laughs> legs and pick up every rock and say hi to every dog. And sometimes I'm thinking to myself, we've got 30 minutes before something happens. Yeah. We've got to go. Let's go. Pick it I've up. Got to change the yes. diaper, like whatever it may be. But meanwhile, at the same time that I'm thinking about that as an adult, I'm just watching her coasting yeah. through life, experiencing everything for the first time. And that's that's the micro joy for me is just watching somebody else enjoy the world. You know, children, I, I love that you have a two-year-old because children are walking micro joys. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and in so many ways, watching them, yes, but also watching how they perceive the world. Yes. Everything is exciting. Everything is available to play with. Everything is available to them. And so being around children, I say this, and I'm, I am I hope that this comes across in the least creepy way possible, but there is a, a school down the street from me, and there's always children outside playing. And when I'm feeling especially low, I will go for a walk and pass the school because hearing their little voices and seeing their enthusiasm changes everything. They are walking micro joys. And sometimes it's a matter of tapping into who they are and that spirit for ourselves as adults. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you mean. The school that my daughter attends, the preschool is in our neighborhood. And before yes. she was there, before we even had her, I used to walk my dog, you know, through the neighborhood, we'd walk by the school and those kids are always outside. And just the, yeah. you know, 90 seconds it takes me to walk by the playground as I'm walking the dog, the, the excitement, exactly. The, the cheers, the noises, whatever is going yes. on. It just, it lifts your spirits. It, it brings you yeah. up so much. And they get it, you know, it's like life hasn't sort of beat them down yet. <laughs> These children just get it in its purest form. They see life in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And on that same token, as I as I mentioned, like when I'm walking with my daughter, I am thinking about the things as an adult because I'm thinking about everything else that is going on. And one of the big things you try to talk about in micro joys is just being present in the moment. Like that's where you find those micro joys is being present. It is so damn difficult to be present in the moment in the world that we have right now. Yeah, because, right, we have our phones. First of all, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times someone's nearly walked into me by being on their phone. <laughs> or, by the way, I've nearly walked into someone sure. else. We There are so many other things to be occupied by. And, you know, I'm sure every generation has a version of this, I think. Um, but it's it's our choice to be more conscious. Yeah. And when I talk about, I talk about micro joys and finding them, the, the foundation of it is hyper-presence. It's using our five senses, three senses, using our senses to experience the world around us, even the ordinary, like sitting in my living room and consciously looking at what is around for three minutes. It brings me directly into this present moment and just temporarily everything else that is going in, like going on in my life falls away. And how beautiful that we all have access to that in any moment. I've been consciously making an effort to not pick up my phone at times. You know, if I'm watching a TV show, I'm not picking it up. If I'm sitting, you know, downtime with the family, I'm not picking it up. And it's fascinating to me how many times I think about picking it up. Like I'm, I'm actually making the effort to not do it. And sometimes I just find it in my hand going, wait, 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 no, no, no I'm not doing this right now. Put it back down. What's yes. <laughs> 
Because it, it's not, it doesn't, it's not conscious, right? Yeah. Like it's one of those things that at this point we are always doing multiple things at once. I don't think that we're picking up our phone while, you know, uh, watching television on purpose necessarily. We just don't think of it. Yeah, We're just not conscious enough and we're doing all the things. So sometimes, you know, and this is what I have to do for myself because I can't always be trusted is move the phone into the other room. Yes. <laughs> I, I cannot I wanna, trust myself if it's there. I want to do that thing. They say, leave the phone. When you go to bed, leave the phone in another room. But like the phone is my alarm clock. I don't really have a choice. Yes. I kind of need the phone in the room with me. Yes. But I, I want someday I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Or put it on the, you know, maybe have it on the other side of the room. There's some invention, and I, I haven't seen it in a while, but it was like a, it was like a little mat you would put, like a placemat you'd put next to your bed, and that was your alarm, and it wouldn't go off until you literally stood up and got out of bed and stood on the mat. Really? And I was like, that is brilliant. That would get people to get up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> that is very serious. That's some real commitment is what that is. Uh, so, Cindy, uh, in this book, too, I, I love your, your honesty about just – reflecting on moments in your life. Like I was reading earlier the story about uh, when you met your husband and um, mm. how there were, there seemed to be this time. And I think the chapter was called something about patience. And there was just, um, you had to have this patience with him because he was just a different person than what you were used to. And you went through all these different things. I love the vulnerability, the openness of these stories that you shared. Thank you for saying that. That that chapter is called Oh Ira because oh, that's my right. husband's name is Ira. No, no, that's okay. But at the end of the, you know, at the end of the chapter, it really is about patience and how, you know, I wasn't sure for for many months if we were dating or or building this friendship and but I think that's so that's so common in our life, not just in a romantic relationship, but I think in many of our relationships we just we lack patience. Yeah. You know, we want everything. We're in this culture of instantaneous everything. And so when something takes time, we are often moving in the opposite direction because we don't want to give it the patience that it needs. I'm going to ask you a question, and I hope it comes out the right way. Um, you wrote this book based on a lot of personal experiences. And I, I guess the question is, why should I believe you? What What is it about you that I should take from this and go, this woman, Cindy, knows what she's talking about. Like she's onto something here. I, I got to believe what Cindy says. Yeah, I think, well, first thing you should know is this is anecdotal. This is my own lived experience, yeah. right? I'm not trying to prove science to you here. Like this is anecdotal. <laughs> so know that walking into it. I will say that this is a body of work I've been in for quite a long time, but give the book a chance. And if you find that you are not almost instantly starting to look at your life through a different lens, then put it down, throw it in the garbage, do whatever you want with it, but just try it. Try it because I have walked through it. So I know when books are published, they've been finished for usually quite some time before they officially come out. So I'm guessing since the end of this book, it's probably been close to a year or around there. So That's how right. is life treating you at the moment? You know, life is, is great. What's interesting is, and that's such a silly answer, but it really is considering the past few years, I have this very different perspective uh, on quiet. And I've spent a lot of this time mm. being quiet. When I say life is great, it's like, I'm just now starting to come back to the world again, because I've really had to be quiet. Uh, the book was turned in. You're right. It was almost a year ago. And even as the book was turned in, I was still healing from so much of this. Sure. And I still am. You know, this is this is the kind of life stuff that we move through. We don't move on from. And and life today is really, really great. I mean, listen, I was in a hot pink suit on the Today Show. That's right. That's not terrible, is it? That's not terrible. <laughs> there are certainly worse things that you could be doing, right? 
That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So think things are really are really quite well. And, you know, I'm just loving spreading all of this and talking about microjoys. When I said spreading it, it sounds like a disease. Microjoys are good things, not a disease, just to be clear. <laughs> You're spreading the gospel of microjoys, if you will. <laughs> That's better. That's much better. Thank you for that. Thanks for picking that up for me. <laughs> I like that you put it in a way of essentially you're figuring out what your new normal is, your new world is. And I feel like so many of us are going through that. I think a lot of people went into the pandemic thinking, okay, life has changed. Life is different for me right now, but I can't wait to, quote, get back to normal. But normal is different for everyone now. The normal that we had in 2019 no longer exists for just about anybody. So there's been this transition phase. I think everybody thought it would just immediately go back. Someone would ring a bell and we'd go back to yeah. normal and everything will be fine. But there has been a transition period. And I think a lot of people have struggled with that idea that they have to transition to what their new normal is going to be. I think it's helpful when we um, ban that word. <laughs> from our vocabulary in terms of our lives, because there is no such thing as normal. Yes. We are constantly evolving as human beings. And when we, that's again, that binary we were talking about before. Normal presupposes that everything is going to stay the same all the time so that this is my normal. The truth is, is we've got to get a lot more comfortable with life being a constant state of evolution. What is true today and what is true tomorrow are not necessarily the same. So there's normal in the current moment, but we have to be really open to the idea because whether we like it or not, it's true that this normal can change very quickly. And that's what I found to be true over the last few years. Well, Cindy, I know you've got a hard out here in a couple minutes. So I want to make sure that we get a good wrap up here. But I just want to admit that I'm an idiot because I just uh, noticed I have your book in front of me. And on the very bottom of your front cover, it says author of A Year of Positive Thinking. <laughs> so had I have just looked down, uh, I would have seen the title of your book from 2018. We were engrossed in conversation. You know, I'd, I'd say your time was well spent. <laughs> well, my little micro joy is also starting to rustle up in her bed. So let's go ahead and do this. Where can people go and find out uh, more about you? Can they follow your journey? Where should they go? Yes, they can find me on my website, which is cindyspiegel.com. And at the moment, I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram. Also at Cindy Spiegel on Instagram. So I am everywhere. Cindy Spiegel, the book is Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. Cindy, I love this book. I love what you're doing. And thank you for sharing this message, for spreading the gospel of micro joys, if you will. Oh, you are a gem. Thank you for having me. And thank you for helping me to share this out with the world. Big thank you to Cindy Spiegel for her time. Her book, Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay, is available now wherever you get your books. And thank you to all of you for your time. I appreciate you listening. Until next time, be well. <laughs>